Hi, I'm Sarah Bainter, and you're listening to the Artbeat Podcast. It is February in 2019. It was a long month last month. It was super cold weather. If you recall, if you're listening to this in 20 years, remember that one time or that one month, that one winter? That was crazy. So we're in mid-February and I'm super bored being inside all the time. So I watched a documentary on Leonardo da Vinci and here's my notes for it. Uh, In 1453, Constantinople uh, collapses. The Byzantine Empire is no more. Humanism, uh, the movement, ignites the Renaissance. So this is a movement where it focuses on what can this single human do in this group of humans? What can we do for each other? What can I contribute to our society and to our world to further... um, progress basically intelligence is now basically the cool thing to have which is awesome for da vinci because he's a freaking genius but he was born illegitimate which meant a great deal in those times as you can imagine that was like a huge bummer he lived with his mom and his step or his dad sorry his he lived with his father and his stepmother and his mother uh, had a marriage with someone in her own class. So he's, you know, this shows that his father loved him enough to uh, take him in and educate him and give him all the opportunities that he deserves. Probably his father's also intelligent enough to recognize da Vinci's intelligent and potential. Um, being illegitimate, quote unquote, uh, doesn't really slow him down. He's so smart that he earns himself an apprenticeship at Barocchio Studio. From notebooks in this period, we can tell that he, I, he has these ideations, or he has this sort of like specific opinion about learning his it's basically a rule for him quote the painter must perfect sorry the painter must perfect all his skills because there is no self-respect in doing one thing well and another badly huh in 1472 leonardo completes his rep uh, his apprenticeship and becomes a member of the guild he earns a great number of commissions at the time. We can see this on record. He's doing well. He's earning his keep. And this is all happening during a dangerous political time. Uh, the Medici family is one of the biggest patrons of the arts. They help make this studio where he was an apprentice at possible. So if it wasn't for them, he would never have even been at the studio the studio wouldn't have had funding um so the medici family they're at war with other banking families sorry, more like a turf war between other banking families you know they would wear armor underneath their clothing to prevent stabbing they commissioned many paintings from leonardo's mentor barocchio and in 1469, Viero Medici dies, leaving behind his son Lorenzo and his son Giuliana. Uh, they're young, they're in their 20s, uh, early 20s. Um, 
and Leonardo is about this old. At age 24, at this time, he was accused of sodomy with a 17-year-old prostitute. And the punishment for that would have been death, or I'm burned to death, which, you know, is even worse. He was arrested by the Night Watch, which is a secret police at the time, and no evidence was presented, but the damage to Leonardo's reputation was extremely important to his survival, as his public commissions were the key to his earning an income. Uh, However, he was a tough son of a bitch. He was educated, extremely driven to prove himself to himself, and he basically chalks it all down to haters. Somebody accused him of something very bad so that his reputation would be damaged, and that wasn't going to stop him from success. Um, Unfortunately... Uh, Giuliano Medici is viciously stabbed. He's the son um, of Viero Medici. He's viciously, viciously stabbed during mass and inside the cathedral bleeds to death. Um, Lorenzo, his wounded brother, barely escapes. And in the very same day, uh, justice is swift the this Francesco guy is hanged for it. Weeks later, um, Da Vinci draws the hanging corpse of Bernardo Varincelli. He even describes the clothes. They even hang the archbishop for conspiring in the murder. The Pope is furious about this and sends King Ferdinand's army from Naples. Epic battle commences and Florence is ravaged. Uh, young Lorenzo decides to face King Ferdinand and requests to join forces against the Ottoman Empire, the most feared enemy at the time. This is a very smart thing for him to do for his people. Um, it was a huge risk for him to face the king. He was arrested during this time, and for three months, Ferdinand um, makes you know tries to make this decision. And we don't know what happens at the time. Maybe he's sitting there in a dungeon crying. Maybe he is eating well, living well, and they're planning against the Ottoman Empire during the time, which I'm hoping that's true. And it is likely that it is true because Fernando sets him free and he agrees to end the war between them and to focus on the Ottoman army. Uh, Leonardo switches his focus during that three months. As you can imagine, he's terrified to lose his livelihood. He's smart enough to realize that the Medici family, Medici family funds his art, funds his livelihood. And of course, this all stops as they contemplate war. And for three, for this grueling three months, Leonardo switches his focus to physics mechanics and begins to engineer war machines there's no news of lorenzo and you can imagine his anxiety as he waits for this answer whether the country will crumble or whether they will continue you know their way of life which is artistic and there's plenty of patronage for the for the arts um so for you know of course ferdinand decides that they must join forces, and in 1481, the monastery of San Donato of Scopetto commissions the Adoration of the Magi. 
an intricate and emotional composition, which critics at the time argue is incomplete. Uh, other important art commissions are handed to different artists, such as the Sistine Chapel to Michelangelo, who da Vinci would criticize about his uh, human figures looking like bags of walnuts, basically. So if you uh, want to compare in the supplemental images in the comments, I'll have... Um, a comparison between their anatomical subjects. 1482, he occupies, sorry, uh, da Vinci occupies Milan, decidedly. Um, probably, uh, you know, an amazing decision, a, a life-changing decision for him. He realizes that his specific type of genius it, he's capable of anything. He can paint anything, draw anything. He can engineer and design anything because of his type of genius. He is an amazing engineer, um, just as much as he's an artist, if not more. I think he would have considered himself an engineer and a scientist. Uh, he Milan is a you know this defensive city. They have a high demand and appreciation for his specific genius, military engineering. Um, I am so impressed, and this is just the beginning of Leonardo's career as a young man. He goes on to grind and hustle his abilities for the rest of his life, and leaves an enormous impact on our industry. Um, to this day, we can look back at, at engineered designs now and, and thank da Vinci for his examples and for his, uh, for his engineering skills. And, you know, I'd really like to see a movie done on his life because it would be so interesting. Uh, there's so much more fact and so much more knowledge that can go into da Vinci. I really believe that you could study da Vinci for your entire life and, um, as a researcher and as an artist and find incredible and amazing things constantly because he spent his whole life discovering amazing things constantly and engineering and painting amazing and important impactful things his beautiful mind can prioritize could prioritize the types of things that would be important to humans in this renaissance period in this movement of humanism um so that's all i got somebody make a movie about this guy he's deserving of it i'm sarah bainter thank you for listening to the artbeat podcast coming to you from the middle of nowhere.